Hi, everybody, and welcome back. It's Krista Living Sober, and we're here for my next episode. Enjoy. We have Mike joining us, and he is the founder and CEO of Inspire to Inspire, and he is one of the partners for the Sober app. So welcome. Well, thank you for having me. First of all, yeah. well, congratulations on that beautiful little baby you got with you. <laughs> thank um, you. Thank you for coming back. You know, we missed you. Yeah. you know, your platform is just mm-hmm. as important as anybody else's. Anybody's platform that yeah. they create that give us addicts a voice to actually speak on what we're going through because all stories are all weapons of mass destruction. So the mm-hmm. more we get our story out there, the less people will have to die in silence and the less us addicts have to feel like they're alone. So yeah. first and foremost, I appreciate and I'm honored to be on the podcast and thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. That means the world. To start off telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, again, Michael Fiore, CEO, founder of Inspire to Inspire, also partners with the founders of Sober App, Danny and Curtis. Quick little backdrop, you know, the story following the heroin addict. She was talking to me. She was. <laughs> but yeah, continue. So sorry. So yeah, my so my dad was a heroin addict. He got HIV. He dies of AIDS in '09. My mother yeah. contracted the virus from him. Through the the years he passed, she lived on a little bit after him. Went through three different types of cancer. Became an addict because of the cancers, you know, with the pills and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a fast track because I'm more of a now type of person. The war stories I lost. Game of you know end of story. November third, I successfully detoxed off of methadone as high as 140 milligrams at one point three weeks after becoming drug free while living in treatment my mother passes away on thanksgiving and you know mom was my best friend mom was everything but um this is where i don't question god's wisdom no more and you know i became more of a believer after my mother passed away and then she was alive which is wicked to even think about right yeah when god removed my mother out of my life uh he removed plan b out of my life, you know, and when we have a plan B in life, we don't go hard enough on plan A. What I mean is mom was always my full safe, you know, my fail safe. Mm-hmm. Like I, could, I didn't have to pay rent. I could go always live with mom. I didn't have to work. I could always get pills from mom and stuff. So when he removed her, the one person in my life that loved me unconditionally is now gone. So now, you know, it's fight or flight. By him removing my mother, he knew I was ready to quote unquote, find myself and learn how to love myself. And when I learned during this process, recovery, love, those are not feelings. Those are actions, right? Recovery is actions we take to make our lives better. Recovery is not a feeling that it, we get the feeling after we do necessary actions. Love, love is doing things despite how you feel. Love is not a feeling. That's what movies teach us. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like the Bible, it says love is patient and love is kind. If you're Mm -hmm. that type of person, those are actions that you take during your life. So when mom was removed, I became wholesome, right? Like we don't become the people we were before the drugs in recovery because we were already, you know, effed up Mm -hmm. before, right? What recovery allows us to do is become wholesome, where like our mind and our soul is now working together. When those Mm -hmm. two work together, it's called spirituality. So if you're watching this and you don't want to do the God thing, just understand spirituality is your relationship with reality. So what's going on around you? Is it happening for you or is it happening to you? Like my past, I don't look to change the past. There is so much value in our active addiction. There's so many transferable skills that we can now use 
in recovery that's needed in recovery, but our addiction showed us how we use it, like grit. Grit's doing something you don't want to do. We ran our lives to the ground. We didn't want to do it. Motivation. When I woke up and didn't have money, I got my drugs that day because I was motivated. Right. Termination. My first drug dealer didn't pick up. I kept calling until I got my drugs. We need determination and recovery. Right. Critical thinking. I knew whose bags I could skimp. I knew what blocks I couldn't walk down because I owed people money. I was real strategic while I was in active addiction. We need to be strategic mm-hmm. in recovery. And the last one's courage. Like it takes courage to put drugs in your body knowing they could kill you because that's what courage is. Doing something, knowing what the result could be, like a soldier going to war has courage because he knows or she knows she could die or they could die. Mm-hmm. So like our addiction is just a trickster. That's all it is. It's a magician. Just mm-hmm. understand how does your addiction uh, trick you? And that's where the connections come in, right? Connections mm-hmm. will lead us to get clarity. Clarity is just us understanding what things are. When you meet people in recovery, you see how things start to work out for people. And then you get clear. When you get clarity, then you you get the, um, you know what I'm saying? You'll become conscious of what's going on around you. Then you'll be able to see the causes because it's not why we are addicts. It's how did we become addicts? Right. The how shows us the actions it took to get us where we use the why. We're going to use the shame. We're going to mm-hmm. use the victim. You know what I'm saying? That's not where we need to be. And then after right. we see that the cause, then we can start making the corrections in life. So like for me, mm-hmm. I graduated treatment May 10th. I moved out to California. Like I used to get high because my nightmares were better than the life I was living. So I'd rather go to sleep and live with my nightmares. Now I get to live with my dreams with my eyes wide open. Like I'm in California, I'm speaking, like like I'm living a life that that's why they say is beyond your wildest dreams. Because I couldn't even dream this because our knowledge will limit us. Wherever you are in your life, if you don't have imagination to look outside the box of a knowledge, you're not going to be able to be able to understand what you could do in life. That's why you got to get around people that are living better than you. So you could imagine yourself walking the same path, but in your way, because you yeah. can't walk this the way other people are walking. So like, that's just a quick little spiel because I could just yeah. keep going. So we'll keep it there for now. How long have you been sober? When was your sober date? I I start counting the day I got off methanol. That would be November 3rd. The last time I used to get high was June 12th of last year. So your drug of choice was? Everything but heroin and crack. My father did the dope and I seen okay. what it does to the body. So I did pills thinking I was better then. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know how online works. Crack, I was a cokehead. I'd rather sniff it than smoke it. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. so like... Uh, but then everything else, it was game, you know, hallucinogenics, right. three-day raves, all of it. But you said you were on methadone. Why were you on methadone? So the methadone, um, because <laughs> of the opiates with the pills, methadone oh, okay. given mm-hmm. same thing as dope. But with the methadone clinics, just like anything, you know, with this government, you become a paycheck. You know, so like oh, they yeah. allow you to go as high as you want. And once you get to like in New York, it's called liquid handcuffs. Like it, mm. it's really hard. like I'm still not sleeping. And we're talking almost eight months oh, after getting free. You know, I went four months of no sleep. When I say no sleep, you know, when you're going through that withdrawal sleep, you go from the couch to the floor to the bathroom. Yeah. To the- it was like that. And then I couldn't tell if it was five minutes or five hours. I, yeah. I still don't get an REM sleep where like I wake up. And I'm ref- I wake up every day for the last, well, eight now, 10 months, every day with anxiety through the roof. Like there's a hundred hands in my stomach. Mm-hmm. I, in my dream before I wake up, 
something's going on that's causing anxiety, whether I'm underneath mm-hmm. water and I can't swim to the top, or I'm mm-hmm. in like fire and I can't get out, or I got a lotto ticket and mm-hmm. I can't cash it. What I've learned is there's a lot of things that I think are, we think are knocks that are actually tools. So mm-hmm. anxiety is a tool that we can use to better ourselves because the only remedy that really works is to get productive. Mm-hmm. You know, so like now, as soon as I open my eyes every day, you could ask Danny and Curtis, I'm out of the house at five mm-hmm. in the morning going for a walk. I, you know, I'm making videos. I got enough videos. I cannot make another one and put out mm-hmm. 10 a day for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. But like and even depression, like depression yeah. shows that we don't want to be and how we don't want to feel no more. Right. We just ignore it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we, we want to just we want things to just go like that and stop. And that's just not the way. I'm learning how life works. Like you got to put the work in. I don't believe in the ideology that you got to outwork people to get where you need Mm -hmm. to go. I just believe you got to outwork who you were yesterday. So even if you don't do nothing, but you don't pick up again today, you outworked who you were yesterday. Like we we think we're going to get these quantum leaps in life. There's no such thing as an overnight uh, success story. Whoever you didn't know yesterday that you know today is successful, been at their craft for years. It's just, you're just finding about them now. And like with movies, like our life is not an hour and a half movie. You don't start and then the Rocky Balboa song goes on and in 15 minutes you've worked out and now you're knocking out Mr. T. You know, like that's just not how life works. And it's the purpose of time is so we don't do everything at once. You know what I'm saying? Like if you got everything you wanted right now in this moment, what is there to live for tomorrow? Like this value in death you know like mm-hmm. the fact that we're gonna die should mean that we should be living our best lives right now yeah. if we were mortal why would we even get out of bed today tomorrow's guaranteed mm-hmm. so like you know, all these things that you know like you know like the television i don't watch tv I, I really don't it's just a distraction you know i'm not saying if you watch tv you're a bad person right. me personally my recovery like I don't need to know what's going on because most of the things mm-hmm. that are going to bother you on that television ain't even affecting you directly. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. But you're going to make it, you're going to take it personal because that's what yeah. we do as human beings. We, we, we take everything personal. Like I'm the only one that could stop me from going where I want to go today. Only me, not my circumstances and not my environments because it never stopped me from getting high. I was high at Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner. I was high at funeral. Like, so if I could get high and this recovery is not as much work as getting high. And, and right. you know what I'm saying? It's half the work with a hundred times more of the benefit. But like our mind, if you say you can't do something, that's a prison that you will live in because you're never going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like our self-talk yeah the program that we install into our computer which is the brain so like how are you speaking to yourself because during this process i learned everything is self Self self-discipline self-respect you know i'm saying self-love self-confidence everything has to start with self and if it's the codependency that you're dealing with you don't want to leave someone that helped you when you were down and out but you're not right if you're two dead batteries don't start a call you know what i'm saying so like if you want to help somebody and you really care about somebody get your life together first so then you could actually offer them something to make them better you know the the, the codependency a lot of people are dealing with it like become dependent on Mm -hmm. yourself because that's what addiction is 
addiction is an illness. We're dependent on the drugs. We're not addicted to drugs. We, addiction is a mental illness. Like that's why there's so many forms of dependency when it comes to addiction. There's eating disorders, there's gambling, there's sex, there's intent. Like when we say we're addicted to drugs, we think the drugs are the issue. They're not the issue. We're not no. addicts use drugs we use drugs because we're addicts right. you know what i'm saying the, the, the issue is us we're the problem we're the solution you know like when you make it about the drugs it's like if i told you right now don't think about cars you're probably thinking about cars right. so when you tell yourself mm -hmm. don't do drugs you're gonna think about doing drugs you know what i'm saying so just tell yourself to stay on the path stay on your journey stay positive because our brain anything that creates electricity, anything that creates yeah. has a positive and a negative charge of battery, mm -hmm. right? So our brain is the same thing. You got positive thoughts and you go negative, it's going to push it back. You mm -hmm. got negative thoughts and you make them positive, it's going to push you forward. You know what I'm saying? So like it, it, you have to, we have to mm -hmm. start getting around people that yeah. are living a way that we could actually emulate what they're doing. Yeah, 100%. I love your enthusiasm. Where does that come from? Uh, it comes from living in hell for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, right. Sleeping in the same bed is the devil. It comes from yeah. getting out of that darkness and into the light. Like, there's mm -hmm. no going back. I mean, no. I could pick up the truck again, but my mind, there is no going back to the I can'ts, the I won'ts, I'm a piece of shit. There's no going back to that. Yeah. Like. I refuse to lose just like I refuse to say I was an addict and I was addicted to drugs. It's the same refusal. Like there's so many transferable skills. We think our addiction is a knock. Our addiction has right. been teaching how to be successful. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the devil wants us to chase things, money, women, men, cause mm -hmm. things that we chase will never satisfy us. God wants us to wait and be yeah. patient because when you sure. get it, you hold on to it. All it is, it's a trick. Like that, that, that's all we're being do. We're being tricked at the end of the day. Right. And it just got to understand how you're being tricked so you could start deciphering. Yeah. And that's so true. Like the temptation's always going to be there. Like I went through that just this past uh, Saturday. I went to my brother's girlfriend's surprise birthday party. And like, as soon as you walked in, you know, you just smell marijuana and there's like Hennessy and there's drinks everywhere. And I'm just like, oh God, like, and in the almost four years that I've been sober, like I've never experienced that temptation, those feelings. And it was really scary to me. It was really scary to me to know that I wasn't as powerful and as strong as I thought I was. So the devil was trying to trick me. The devil, you know, I had these thoughts going through my mind where I was like, I can take a shot right now and nobody's gonna know, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like eye-opening. I stayed true, I didn't relapse, I did not drink or smoke or do anything, but. I hate those situations, right? No matter how successful we get in recovery, one, our addiction is never going to think like we're having success. It meets us on mm -hmm. whatever spectrum we're yeah. on. You're lazy. It's going to make you feel okay with being lazy. You're mm -hmm. successful. It's going to make... So, like, the triggers and cravings doesn't mean that you're not working a good program. Because right. thoughts, we cannot stop thoughts from coming mm -hmm. in our head. If anything, mm -hmm. we're more victim to our thoughts than we think we are as creating our thoughts, right? Yeah. But thoughts are only thoughts until we make them reality. Then they destroy us. You didn't allow your thoughts to become reality. Mm -hmm. So it didn't destroy you. But right. the triggers and the cravings... Our addiction will never fall behind. It's right. always going to be parallel. So I appreciate when the triggers mm -hmm. and cravings come because yeah. it's always letting me know that I'm never going to outrun it. So then this way, like my recovery identity or with me, people's amount of clean time, not that it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really mean anything to right. me. Because 
whatever you did yesterday is irrelevant unless you do it again today. Good or bad. Right. And whatever you do today is relevant for what you do tomorrow. So I'm a now type of guy. Right. Because I don't like, you know, certain fellowships. Right. They take the voice away from us yeah. when we're high or we're drunk. I don't agree with it because yeah. someone with 20 years clean, if you let the person that was high or drunk, not loaded, speak, they'll make you remember that pain and desperation it took 20 years ago to get your life together. Yeah. And then it let them speak because our voice is already being taken away from us in society. Yeah. Now you want me to come in a room and you're going to tell me, take the cotton out of my mouth and put it, you know what I'm saying? Or out of my ears and into my mouth and shut up. I don't know how to do it. I know I don't know how to do this. It's the right. reason why I'm to these rooms. I don't need you to tell me I don't know how to do it. You're supposed to be one of me. You're supposed to be right. like me. Where did we lose the compassion for each mm -hmm. other? Like we have classes of addicts now yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. Like if you got X amount of like people come up to me and they ask me how much clean time I have. And mm -hmm. I tell them whatever right now, what it's 1120 in Cali. I have 11 hours and 20 minutes clean. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because if I told yeah. you I had eight months clean, does that take away from our message? No. Right. Because we all have a PhD in pain and suffering. That gives mm -hmm. us the right to speak on whatever we want, however we want, when we want. But we're taking the own voice. And I think sometimes with one fellowship, they don't like you speaking about other things because you make them realize they got the same disease as a crackhead and a dope feed. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. is dead. You know yeah. It's all the same shit at the end of the day. And where I'm at in life, you know, like uh, there, there's five hindrances of life, right? One of them is called ill will. And what it is, is we don't see the interconnectedness between each other. We're living in a world that's just trying to divide us one way or another from everybody. They mm -hmm. don't want yeah. us to work together because if we work together, they won't be able to stop us because we're the ones that do all the work. But what I realize is like in wars, mercenaries are hired to mm -hmm. fight other people's wars and they're paid with money to do that fight. Addicts, I don't mm -hmm. care if you're a black, white, purple, green. I don't care your sexual orientation. I don't care what right. God you pray to. Like, I need you in my life. I want your experiences. I want to know your triggers. I want to know your cravings. I want to know why you can't stop. Because there's so much mm -hmm. about this disease I don't know. But, like, my addiction ain't racist. My addiction don't discriminate. Mm -hmm. My addiction don't care if you got kids. My addiction right. don't care if you got to pay your rent. So why are we caring who fights with us on this journey? You know what I'm saying? So, like, for me, I want mm -hmm. everyone in my life. And I'm going to love you like, you know, they say until you love yourself, because if you do me wrong, you're not doing me wrong. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're doing yourself wrong. Like people say, break the rules. You don't break rules. You break yourself against the rule, because if you broke the law of murder, the murder law is still intact after you yeah. broke that law. So you're breaking yourself against the rules, against the laws. Again, everything is self. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. we're not breaking rules out here. We're breaking ourselves against the rules. Yeah, and that's just so sad. Your family dynamic growing up was kind of, you know, like your parents were addicts and then you had the addict gene pretty much, right? It, do you feel like that's where it stems from genetically? I mean, there's well, a lot of different factors that go into like how we become addicts, you know? Like for instance, for me, my mom was addicted to crack cocaine and so that was already in my system. I already like automatically had the addiction well my grandfather was a heroin addict my father was a heroin addict but i didn't grow up in a home of junkie parents you know what okay. i'm saying that house was clean mm -hmm. where i struggled what led me to drug use was um perception right mm -hmm. and validation because when mm -hmm. i would come home my dad was always sleeping in the bedroom because he was on methadone you mm -hmm. know my mother was always sleeping on the couch 
So they were present, but not in all areas. So I had to then seek validation from the outside world, right? And in order for me to seek that validation, I wanted everyone to be my friend. But there's a quote, a friend of everyone is a friend of nobody. You can't be everybody's friend, right? So in order to be everyone's friend, I had to manipulate and lie and become whatever it was I thought you liked, right? Mm-hmm. And in that process, um, I lost myself. You know, I looked in the mirror one day and I didn't know who I was looking at. So I started fighting the man in the mirror and the man within. Mm-hmm. So what the drugs allowed me to do, it used to be the solution to the problem. The problem is it just stopped working. But what the drugs allowed me to do was build an ego, right? So the ego was okay with you knowing things about me that weren't true. As long as you believed them, I was cool with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Ego allowed me to be okay with you thinking I did things I didn't do. As long as you thought in it, it wasn't true. I was okay with it because the value of self was more on what you thought about me than what I thought about myself. So therefore, my identity was always attached to things outside of myself. Car, house, you know what I'm saying? Whatever job. When you attach your identity to things outside of yourself, your addiction has you put for lack of a better word, has you by the balls. Because when you lose that, where's your identity? So where my identity today is, it's not going to be able to be taken away from anything because it's it's how I speak and treat myself and it's how I speak and treat people, right? Oh you know, like you can't take that from me. And wh- what people say about us is true, but it's true to them. It doesn't have to be our truth. And people's words can only bother you because of your reaction to those words. Like if I told you something negative, it's not slapping you in your face. If it's bothering you, you're allowing those words to bother you. Now, people are like, well, easier said than done. Yeah, it's going to be easier said than done. If you tell yourself it's going to be easier said than done. But again, going back to the self-hope. So like what I realize is like, again, everything is self. Like it, it, it's, I'm my own best friend today. I'm rooting me on today. I'm my own hero today. Like I'm a version of myself that I'm honored to know. Like I'm not proud because I think pride is what other people feel for us for the work we're doing. When I say proud of myself in the Bible, pride before destruction. So I'm real cautious again of the self-talk, right? I say I'm honored because in the Bible, it says honor before humility. So I have humility in my life because I'm honored to know this version of myself because of the 20 years I lived in hell. You know what I'm saying? Like that's where my humility comes. My humility comes in my failures. That's where I find my success. You know what I'm saying? So my success relies on me going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Winston Churchill said that. Like, that's what success is. It's not in the results of things because then you're never going to be satisfied. Success is in the journey. It's in the grind. It's in the blood. It's in the sweat. It's in the tears. That's the success because you can only fail is if you give up. That's right. the only way you fail. Recovery is a falling get up thing to me. It's not a right or wrong. Yeah. You make it right or wrong, you're going to critique every step you make. Am I yeah. doing this right? And you're never going to be walking a straight path because you're always going to be looking behind you. How could you mm-hmm. walk straight if you're looking behind? So, like, right. it's a falling up thing. When you make it fall and get up, your self-esteem will start building and you'll start falling forward in life, meaning that you'll learn the lessons, you'll see the blessings, and you'll keep it moving. That is so true. Do you think you became dependent on your drug of choice right away or did it take some time? See, I think it was right away only because I was born on methanol. Go to University of Google and the University of YouTube. There is nothing in this world that we should not know how things are happening with a phone in our pocket. You know what I'm saying? So like when I when I Googled it, 
like my body went through withdrawal. You know what I'm saying? As an infant. So like the first time I use, it's like when you're clean for X amount of times and you pick up that one time, you notice it all just comes back. So I think the first time I used, it all came back because mm-hmm. the brain never forgets these things. So like as soon as I did it, I was dependent on it, okay. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. When did your life become unmanageable from your using? Like what moment? When I was about 24, when my dad passed away, because mm-hmm. I didn't get resolution. I didn't get, uh, you know, like any conclusion yep. with him, you know, telling things. So I followed in his footsteps, you know, like I became a full blown addict. He was, I felt closer to him when I became a full blown addict. And, you know, he met my mother when she had two kids. I met a girl that had a kid, you know, like I really tried following in those footsteps of his because it allowed me the opportunity to feel closer to him because I had a lot of resentment because I was high when he flatlined. I was high at his Mm. funeral. So there was a lot of resentment. So that's when it became unmanageable where I couldn't even get out of bed without a pill. Death is really hard. I kind of experienced that when my adopted dad passed away from Alzheimer's, but I feel like I kind of lost him when he had the Alzheimer's, like in the beginning, watching somebody disappear. In those times, I would just leave the situation, you know, just be drunk all the time and not really spend time with him. And that's a huge resentment. I know now that he's looking down on me and he's proud. He's happy and my, my mother's death, I didn't even think about using. It's because even mm-hmm. if I picked up, she's still going to be dead. But what yeah. won't be dead is that beast that's living inside of me that's dormant at the moment. Because it's yeah. dormant and never dies. Mm-hmm. And also, my addiction doesn't get my mother's death. It got everything else in my yeah. life. Got my, my father, got my collegial mm-hmm. career. Got every. It does not get this. Mm-hmm. I will feel the pain. I will shed the tears because the tears show that I loved my mother, especially yeah. at a time where I had no love for nothing in this world. I was the world's consequence at one point. Like the world got to deal with me now because I hate myself. I want this world to burn. Mm-hmm. So like at, at a moment where I thought there was no love in me, I had love. So when I shed the tears, I actually thank God for removing my mother out of my life because her quality of life wasn't that of one. She, you know, she was 68 yeah. pounds, also missed. So even when I cry, I'm mm-hmm. thankful because there's a quote. I'm a, I'm a guy with quotes. Like there's a quote, like crying a raindrops uh, to the eyes so the soul could see a rainbow. Right. Every Mm -hmm. time I cry, I do feel better afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know, like the real weakness in life for us men is not showing our weaknesses. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm Because by holding on to it, that manifests into something it shouldn't. And if people are going to make fun of you, thank them because they're letting you know who you need to remove out of your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, to make your backyard your front point. There's nothing about me that's anonymous. You know, like, if that's what people need to do, then do it. The way this world is right now, the movement that, you know, inspired, inspired the soul, mm-hmm. black people, like, we're recovering yeah. now. That's mm-hmm. the new wave. Because this anonymous thing, like, why do we have to go hide in a room and talk about our problems? Now nah, I'm yeah. not with that. Everyone in this world mm-hmm. is dealing with some kind of demons. Everyone in this world could be better than who they are. Everyone in this world has things about them that they don't like. But the stigma associated with addiction, so you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to put myself out there because people meet me and they don't even believe I'm an addict. I'm like, I'm like why? Because they mm-hmm. have this perception of what addicts yeah. should look in right. their mind. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're doctors, we're lawyers, we're judges, we're policemen, mm-hmm. we're firemen, we're politicians, we're everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like we really need to start chipping away at this stigma. And the only way we do it is yeah. we're like with you and I and everyone else that's recovering mm-hmm. out loud to do it. We're showing the world who we are and what we did are two different things. Yeah, the stigma around addiction is just disgusting. And, you know, it starts really deep. It starts at the core of the mental health. You know, what is going on? Where I'm from in Boston, the Methadone Mile, the whole area is just outrageous what's happening. And I'm sure that's in every city. Yeah. You know? It's a little bit nicer because it's kind of like the Mecca. It's mm-hmm. like the of recovery, you know, like NA yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah. Even the AA out here, the ones I go to, they talk about drugs out here. I identify as an alcoholic addict, but mm-hmm. they, they let me talk about methadone. They let, you know, they don't stop you, you know, and yeah. a lot of them speak. Because, listen, if you're doing alcohol, don't tell me that you're going to sniff coke after. Right. Don't right. tell me to go do all the drugs. It's a gateway just like weed is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Those, that's all it is, but... You know, like not everyone's going to understand us and that's fine because I don't want to be understood these days. Right, exactly. What was the episode or event that was enough for you to stop using? It's like a little over two years ago, right? It's when Inspired Fire actually started, but it didn't take off like what it is now. I was still smoking weed. I had really got back into the drugs heavy and everything like that. And I remember thinking... I'm never going to get back to being that person that left rehab and was clean. And I was glad I'm right because I'm not. I'm better than that person was. You know, like the the fact that we could be wrong about ourselves is a tool that we should use because we can be wrong about ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, and most of the time we are wrong about ourselves. Like there's so much more that we could do in life that we think we can't. But I I just remember suicidal thoughts. I wrote suicide Mm -hmm. letters and, you know, like I just couldn't do it. I don't think I would ever do it, you know, but Mm -hmm. my mind was going there and my mother started to deteriorate at a very quick rate. So like I had to leave my mother to go to treatment knowing I was going to lose her while in treatment, but I had to get clean before she passed away. And this is how God is so good. Like she got to see me get clean. I remember, and I'll never forget this because our moms know it's better than anything. And I remember her, you know, in past times in recovery, you look good, you're doing good. I was on the phone with her doctor. When I hung up, she said, you sound different. And when she said I sound, every time I say it, I get goosebumps. When she said I sound different, I knew there was something about me that was different because she's never said that to me. And I've used for 20 years. So when she said I sound different, it was kind of like this reassurance. And I remember being in the hospital for like 36 hours while she was in hospice. And I'm like, you know, I'm talking to her because the host dies, the spirit doesn't die. You know, like she, they hear us when they're in a coma. Like, because there's people that come out and they can tell you everything people said and who was there, right? So, like, I remember being like, Ma, listen, I'm going back to my treatment facility to take a shower. She waited. I was there for 36 hours, not even a half hour after I left, she left this this world. So she didn't want me to be there when she left this world. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, that, that was just my mom, you know? And, like, I'll forever miss her. And it's wrong of us to be sad about the time we're not going to have with the people because then it shows that we don't appreciate the time we did have with the people. Right. So, like, I think we get selfish in the sense where we don't want to lose people because we don't want to deal with the pain, not knowing what kind of pain they're dealing with. 
So I don't mourn my mother. I celebrate my mother by how I live today. I speak to her more now than I ever did when she was alive. She walks me in my heart every step I take. Like she's here with me, just not in the physical sense, but I'll get to see her one day, mm-hmm. but not anytime soon because I got a lot of work I need to get done in this world though. I love that. Yeah, I agree. I do believe that in the people and our friends who have passed away and they're all with us every step we take. What are some of the ways that you stopped using? I had to go to treatment because mm-hmm. I can't do it on the street. I've tried yeah. it. So a lot of things is do, of course, praying, uh, journaling. I'm a big advocate for journaling, um, anger journal, personal journal, and a gratitude journal. I got three different types of journals. Because honesty is the only way the truth shall set you free, right? Um, Honesty is the only way to really do this. And the only way you get honest, because it's hard to tell people things, is journaling. You write down. You're speaking to yourself. And then you reread it out loud. You have to reread it out loud, though. Because when you keep things in between these two ears, it gets manipulated by our addiction. Like when you speak something out to an existence, the universe gives something back to it. You know, that's what its manifestation is. But I just don't manifest my end results, say. Like I want to be a great motivational speaker. I want to sell out arenas, all this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I just don't manifest that. I manifest manifest the actions it's going to take to get me there. I manifest the feelings I'm going to need in order to get there. I manifest the type of people I'm going to need in my life. I think when we manifest, we manifest the end result, not knowing that we need to manifest the whole process because the results can't happen unless we take necessary steps. You can't get to the mountain by going from the floor to the top. You got to climb, right? So like manifest the whole process. So therefore it could start coming to you. Manifestation is a real thing. Like where I am today, I manifested this shit. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like where my life is, what I'm doing. People laughed at me in treatment when I said I was going to do this. And it's not about me being like, well, look, who's laughing now? Because I'm not in competition with people. I'm not better than, but I'm also not less than anyone. Like, I want us all to be the best together. Dust the name and to inspire. We all have something inside of us that can inspire somebody on their journey. The more people you inspire on their journey or offer what it is that you have to help them on their journey, the more people they they will help inspire to inspire. And then the more people that will find you to help you on your journey, because there's no such thing as self-made in this world. No one is self-made. I don't care what they say. They've all got some kind of help along the way. And if not, God is helping them. So you're not self-made. So why even try to do this? So I don't want to get to the top of the mountain and be by myself and look at the view and not have anyone to experience it with. I want to get to the top of the mountain and have all my peoples with me, have everyone. So we could experience the same view and our different perspectives, but all being happy. And then that top of that mountain becomes the bottom of a bigger mountain. And we just keep climbing because life is not going to stop coming at us. We can't stop learning. Mm-hmm. That I was going to ask about Inspire to Inspire. Did you start that when you were in treatment? Last time I was in treatment, I was 36. Mm-hmm. I'm 38 now. So yeah. I'm like 36, no career, no education, no money in the bank. Like, what am I going to do with myself? Right. So I was like, all right, well, what do I know? I know drugs. I know addiction. What am I good at? I'm good at manipulating. So I turned the manipulation into influence. I turned my knowledge of the streets into just. Instead of, I don't speak with this, I speak with this. That's why it's so easy for me to just keep going. If you speak with this, you're going to think how people are perceiving your words and you're going to try to say everything that's right. I don't try to be right in life. I just speak on how I feel. 
You know what I'm saying? So that that's why this comes, you know, so naturally to me yeah. because I'm speaking from here today. Like I'm speaking from experience. I'm walking what I'm talking about. You know, like I'm not telling people how to weather a storm that I'm not going to. Like I'm walking this with y'all. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I think people gravitate to in this life is, you know, being genuine, being authentic. We live in a world of fabrication. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like people don't even speak in their own voice. Like look at social media. Everything's a voiceover. Like people are talking their feelings in someone else's voice. Right. People are making seven second videos, 15 second videos for a follow or a like. That's a drug. It's yeah. a drug. I don't, I don't do this for followers. I don't do this for likes. I do it for the one person that it might help their day. I do it mm-hmm. for the one like, because if I'm doing it for followers or likes, you could put a video about a cat for seven seconds and get four million views. Those aren't four million people that are following you. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's fabricated. I don't look at the views. God will put me where he needs me in life. God will have me reach the people he needs me in life. Is If his plan is for me to do this on a mass level in arenas and selling it out and reaching people like that, then it will happen. You know what I'm saying? He will provide for that. I'm not pushing the envelope on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going as I'm going. True success in life is waking up happy. It's not yeah. waking money in your pocket. It's not waking up with a nice car, the nice house. It's waking up happy because this is all we got. I'd rather be rich than wealthy. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Rich yeah. is what your soul feels. Wealth is possessions, things you acquire, mm-hmm. things you cannot take with you in this afterlife. Your soul, though, We'll go into the afterlife. So I'd rather be rich than be wealthy. I like that. Me too. Did you work at a type of program at all? I actually work mm-hmm. at uh, Al-Anon Club, a social oh. club, AA and NA, out where I'm at. I attend mm-hmm. the meetings. The meetings is 100% necessary, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because of, you think you got problems until you start hearing other people's problems. You know what I'm saying? And for me, it's for me to stay connected. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot, it's yep. a place for me to be comfortable. I just, I don't work the steps and I don't have a sponsor. Yep. The steps are for a spiritual awakening. I have my spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. Sponsors to walk you through the spirit or the steps. I have mm-hmm. a pastor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like I'm doing it. The steps are derived from the uh, Bible anyway. You know, yeah. everything's derived from the Bible. Martial mm-hmm. arts, Buddha, Buddha's yeah. the problem. Mm-hmm. Everything is derived from the Bible. So, like, however you need to do this, you do this. I'll support anybody that's yeah. doing it their way. You did. You could smoke weed. I got your back. Right. I'm just not going to sit with you. When you right. fall, I'll sit with you. Mm-hmm. Do you think you have a drink on the weekend? You're going to have to figure this out yourself anyway. But you don't have to get up by yourself. And that's what Inspire and Inspire and the Sober app is. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get up by yourself. Like, right. we'll sit with you. Will be there for you because that's what this is. Compassion is support. Compassion is not judgment. We're losing what the real definitions of words are. And that's where, like, I don't really ask why is there evil in the world. I don't ask God why. I ask God, how could I be of service? What do you need from me? Because it's not us to question his wisdom. We're human. We're spiritual beings having human experiences. We're not God. We're not godly. You know what I'm saying? We're yeah. creating this image. That's why we're so big on love. Because he's big on love. He wants to praise. As he should. That's why love is such the only thing that conquers all is love. Because that's what he's filled of. He's filled of love. And he's filled of mercy. And he's full of grace. Because he has to be. Because there would be no way I'd be sitting here speaking to you if he wasn't. I should be dead. Mm -hmm. I should be dead. That's my explanation of it.
How do you stay sober day to day? Uh, how do I stay sober? By not doing the shit that fucks my life up. Excuse my language. By not blowing shit up no more. Like, I don't know how to do this. I know how to mm -hmm. not do this. Right. I don't know how I want to feel. I know how I don't want to feel, right? So I don't do the things that bring the things in my life that make me feel the ways I don't like. That's why our past does not need to be changed. That's why our past should be for reference and not residence. You know what I'm saying? Like it's there. It's abstract. Stop worrying about the future. It's unwritten. That means anything's a possibility. Don't worry about it. Tomorrow will take care of itself. But if you really want to change your past, if that's what you're destined to do, understand that tomorrow today becomes the past. You make today better, you start to make your past better. You make today better, tomorrow starts looking more promising because you got a, a momentum going. So if you think about it, the only thing that has any kind of value is right here, right now. The only thing you can control is your work ethic right here, right now. If you make a bad choice, make the next best choice. You know, like, what's the point of dwelling about it? Like, it there. I'm not going to do that. I don't worry. I don't get angry. Anger is a privilege you give people. I don't give people that privilege no more. I don't worry about things. Like, I really don't. That's what a real spiritual awakening is. You allow things to just be. That's what clarity is. You want clarity. You don't want knowledge. Knowledge is going to make you think you know everything. Once right. you think you know everything, you, you don't know nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because there's no way. So I'd rather have clarity, understanding what things are. Then on this, then have answers to things. It's so important to stay in the present, and that's something that I struggle with sometimes. I, I'm stuck in the past, or I'm stuck in the future, and it's overwhelming. And that is what affects me. And my fiance is so great; he's the person that stays in the present. He always reminds me of that. But that's so important. In what ways has sobriety changed your life? Wow. For the better. <laughs> um, sobriety has given me the opportunity to do more than just exist. Mm -hmm. Sobriety has given me the opportunity to be alive and live and feel and see the appreciation of things, right? Mm -hmm. So what I mean is if I ask you what came first, the chicken or the egg, it's not meant for us to understand what came first. It's mm -hmm. to make us understand that the appreciation of the egg to the chicken and the chicken of the egg. So therefore, you don't have one without the other, right? So like by trying to suppress our pain, we will never feel joy. By trying to suppress sadness, we will never feel happiness. By not learning from our failures, we will never succeed. So sobriety has allowed me to understand that life is a test. A test on how bad did we want the things we say we want, right? So life's a little bit of a different type of test, though. It's not school where you get the lesson, then you get the test. Life, you get the test, and then you get the lesson. So the success comes in learning the lesson after the test. Sobriety has allowed me to have a clear mind, become wholesome, and become at peace with the world and at war with my addiction, rather than being at war with the world and at peace with my addiction. I am the predator now in my recovery. I am not prey to my addiction no more. I don't fear it. I appreciate it. I thank it. I am blessed to be an addict in recovery today. So that's what sobriety has actually allowed me to get what message or life lesson have you learned from your own recovery that you can share with others? Take your time and go even slower. And I know I used to hate give time yeah. time, right? Yeah. What are you second chance, third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance is all. It's given us time to show that we're better than who we say we are or things we've done, right? So like if you want things to get better, you need time. 
You know what I'm saying? So yeah. give yourself the time. Don't pass time. Take advantage of time. What I mean is sometimes we need to stop in order to move forward in life. Don't be busy. Be productive. Productive is doing something with purpose. You know what I'm saying? Don't just try to stay busy and doing a million things and think that you did something. Because you could jog in place all day and went nowhere. But you could crawl and get further than the person that was jogging all day. You know what I'm saying? So it's about really just not seeing to see 10 steps down the road. Just see your next step. Take the next step. That's all we got to do. And the slower I go, the quicker things are happening because I don't have to do things twice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not cutting corners. That's a New York type of culture, Boston. You know what I'm saying? Like to cut corners, get quicker with somebody else and find a shortcut. There's no yeah. shortcut in life. Right. Shortcut that I've ever tried taking made my life harder and made it longer to get back to where I was before I even started. Yeah, so it's be yourself, everyone else is taken because the odds of life becoming is 400 trillion to one. So for you to be here, that beautiful baby, for me to be here, the odds were against us even before we were born. So we beat those odds. We were in addiction. We beat those odds. So there's nothing about us that we can't be successful in life. Again, it gets back to self. You know what I'm saying? Everything is self. And it's not about being selfish. It's about being able to be your best self so you could be selfless. You know what I'm saying? So like for me, that's the quote I live by, like, just be yourself. Like if people don't like you for being yourself, thank them because then they're showing you who you need to remove out of your life. You will find people that will love you for being you. And those are the people that you want to be around. I love that. So true. If you can give some sober advice to the listeners and audience, if they are sober curious, if they are still struggling in active addiction, or if they are already in recovery. So for me, I didn't use against my will. I don't agree with that. I used because of my will. I took my will back from God and I told God, I'm going to be the one addict that can use successfully. I don't need your help, right? So if you don't make recovery a choice, the choice will never present itself. Once you make it a choice, you'll take a chance on it. When you take a chance on recovery, though, you will get the results you want. You will get the change because We believed in the drugs were going to work for us like it did the first time. And we chased it for whatever amount of years that we have. So we were able to believe in something that we know does not work. Recovery, on the other hand, does work. There is no instance that I speak to thousands of addicts a week worldwide. There is not one instance that somebody gave themselves to recovery and they did not get the results. Not one. You know what I'm saying? And in the ones that aren't getting it, aren't fully committed yet. You know what I'm saying? So I've never met an addict that's got fully committed and put themselves where they need to be, the suggestions, whatever is step work, whatever it is it needs to be for you. I've never seen anyone put their maximum effort into it and not get results. So if you make it a choice, the choice will present itself. If you don't make it a choice, it will never present itself. And change the company you keep. And what I mean is I don't mean people, which you do have to do, right? Mm-hmm. Me, I, advisor, my advisor was doubt. Stop taking advice from your doubt, right? Complaining mm-hmm. and confusion were my best friends. Stop complaining and stop being confused. Misery was my motivation. Stop being miserable. We all have shit wrong with us, right? And then ego was my illusion. 
Get out of the ego. The ego doesn't want to suffer. That's why we need pain. Pain kills our ego. And then the last one, y'all, pride was my destruction. Stop being so prideful and reach out for help. Amen. What are you most grateful for today and why? What am I most grateful for? I'm grateful for this life I'm living, but I'm more grateful for Danny and Curtis. You know, like I'm grateful for God bringing us. And it's crazy. You know the triangle and A and A have? So if you look at the map, Curtis is from Canada. Danny's from Cali. And I'm from New York. Triangle. It makes a triangle. How wicked is that? I love that. So like they, without Danny and Curtis, I... I'd still be living in New York, you know, like I wouldn't be out here living the life I'm living. Without Danny, we have family and then we have relatives, right? Relatives of blood bleeding. Danny and Curtis are my family. Like it, that, that's that's what it is. Yeah. We will never be separated no matter what goes on. We will always be together. We'll probably always live together. Um, but I'm most grateful for the, the connections that God has born in my life, especially Danny and Curtis. That's awesome. I did want to ask how you became the partner for the Sober app. So Danny was in New York um, celebrating 18 months sober and her birthday. I'm not going to say the age because I don't know. <laughs> she was celebrating and it was her last day in New York. And she reached out, if, you know, if I would hang out with her because we had followed each other mm-hmm. on Instagram. So she was there with her daughter, Skylar, and we met up and we spent the day in New York, got bagels, Central Park. We went to Times Square later that night. And um, the connection was just superb like it was like a instant right Mm -hmm. but it was like uh like a brother sister you know type of thing and after that i was like well now i gotta come to cali because that was a life achievement for her she always wanted to go to new york i've always been connected to california even as a little kid even though i don't have family out here no connections i see why i had the connection now because of what we're able to do in california and the influence that we have already in california out here so like um so then we meet, we're talking, she links up with Curtis, her and Curtis come together on the app and uh, reach out to me and ask me if I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of anything that's due recovery, right? So I was actually going on tour to speak. You know, I got flown first class, Indiana was speaking. So the app was launching that same week. So like, yo, why don't you come out to Cali and, you know, launch the app with us? So I came out to Cali and I started speaking in public. And then soon as I came out to Cali, they were like, well, you got to move out here. And I was like, you know what, you're right. But I, I promised my mother that I would complete treatment first. So I had to go back to New York and, you know, do another two, three months in New York to complete the treatment, which I'm glad I did because I'm great at starting shit and not finishing it. So like if for the first time in my life, I finished something I started and it was because of my mom. So, you know, I'm grateful for that. Um, but yeah, that's how it was. You know, that's just, that's just how it went. And now it's where it's at and where it's going and it, life's a beautiful thing. Well, that's awesome. Um, and I'm honored to have you on my show. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Yeah. I feel inspired. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to have to get some merch. I like. Yeah, you got to get yeah. some merch. And now <laughs> you have to inspire somebody today. So therefore, they can inspire somebody. So it's inspired. inspired. <laughs> 
but you definitely will because just you coming back and, you know, saying, showing the strength that you have and having the baby and not, you know, like there's a lot of people out there that are going through certain things that you're going to be able to show that you're going to help people that you don't even know, just like me. Like I'm probably helping people I will never meet that will never reach out to me, but like, you know, they watch the videos and it helps them. And that's, I don't need to get the, the praise. I don't need right. to get the, you know, the validation for it. as long as it's helping somebody like I'm never going to stop doing this. Like, this is just, this is what I am. We will always be who we are. We will never be something we're not, you know? So like, that's just, that's just how it is. Well, I love all of that. And thank you again. Thank mm-hmm. you.